going to go to the book of Psalms tonight, Psalm 27, the book of Psalms and Psalm 27 in your Bible. I appreciate you joining in tonight for uh, the services and uh, look forward to what God has for us. I know that you've been praying and asking the Lord to move in your heart and move in your life tonight and I trust that he will. Psalm 27, if you're there, if you'd stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I want to stop my reading there. We're We're going to look pretty much at the whole chapter, the whole psalm. Um, but I'm going to stop my reading there. So, so leave your Bible open, and uh, we're going to we're going to talk about we're going to try to look at tonight. We have nothing to fear. As born again children of God, we have nothing to fear, and it's really the truth. And I think that we can see that in this passage of scripture even tonight. Let's pray. We'll get started. Heavenly Father, we come to you one last time before we get into your word, and we just ask that you bless and help and guide and direct. We ask for your power because we have none on our own. We ask for your guidance and boldness because we need it so badly. We ask for clarity of mind and speech, and Lord, just your presence to be real in hearts and lives tonight. I do thank you for the people that are gathered together around your word, and I pray you'd illuminate your word by your precious Holy Spirit and use it in our hearts and lives tonight. Lord, we need you more than we need anything else. If we have you, everything else is going to come together. Once we have you and are close to you, there's no need to fear. So dear God, please use this scripture tonight as only you can. We trust you to do it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you very much, and please, please do be seated. Fear can be a real enemy, and it often uh, grips the heart of even God's people. In Psalm 56, and verse number 3, the Bible says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Um, and that's a good psalm, that's a good promise, and certainly when we are afraid, we need to be trusting in the Lord. He is, he is our stronghold, um, but fear's harder to deal with than most emotions, it seems. And I know a lot of emotions can carry us away, but fear can be one that can really keep us from moving forward in our Christian life, being everything that God would have us to be. Um, most everyone has some fear that haunts them at times, different types of things. And, and you think about these questions, you think, well, should a Christian, should a Christian fear? And, and, and what, what, what do we do about this fear? And, and should fear dictate our, our schedule? And should fear dictate our emotional stability? And should fear keep us from pursuing the things of God? And, and I think that in this passage of Scripture that David gives us a formula somewhat for handling fear. And and it doesn't really matter what brings on the fear. It needs to be handled. I I think it needs to be handled in in the same way. No matter where it comes from, uh, we should handle it the way that God would have us to handle it. 
One of the first things I see in this passage, and even the verse that we read there in verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Um, David knew he was saved. He knew he had put his faith and trust in the Lord. He, he, he had no doubt that, that God, that he had no doubt about his salvation, that his salvation came from God. He was saying, what, what do I have to be afraid of? The Lord is the strength of my life. He is there for me. I can trust him. David knew in whom he had put his trust. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my strength. The apostle Paul said, I know in whom I have believed it. And one of the main reasons that a lot of Christians have a hard time when, when crisis comes, when hard times comes, is because they do not have the assurance of their salvation. And it's so very important that we know, that we know, that we know that we have been saved by the grace of God. Psalm 56 verse 11 says, In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. In God I have put my trust. People today, there's a lot of people today that struggle with their salvation, and I believe the devil works just as hard or harder about that on people, on, 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 on born-again people. He works just as hard or harder on that because if we cannot get our salvation settled, it is hard for us to move forward in anything else. And so I believe God works very, very hard. I mean, the devil works very, very hard on that. You say, well, preacher, how can we know for sure that we are saved? Well, we have the witness within well, I don't even know what you're talking about there. Uh, let me stop here for just a second. I was saved out of a very wicked lifestyle, and we won't go into all that, and I don't have to go into all that. Many of you know my testimony. And I was saved out of a very wicked lifestyle. I had no desire for God, the things of God, the people of God. I mean, I had no desire for God whatsoever. None. Zero, zero zips. None whatsoever. I trusted Christ as my Savior. I got down beside my coffee table. Sounds like a very simple story, doesn't it? I got down beside my coffee table broken. I wanted God to save my soul. I wanted Him to save my soul. I mean, I was at that place. It was just me and God in that room that day, so it really didn't matter about anything else or anybody else. I wanted God to save my soul. I wanted it. That's why I got down beside my coffee table and prayed. I wanted God to to save me. So I asked him, I cried out, did what the Lord said, turned my heart, cried out to God, God, forgive my sin, save my soul. He saved me on that day. Well, how do you know that, preacher? For sure. How in the world can you know that? Because my wants changed. My wants changed. No, now, come on. It's not like, well, yeah, you were saved, and so you didn't want to drink, you didn't want to do dope, didn't. Well, no, no. Let me, let me stop you. Stop you. Stay tuned in here. My wants changed to this extent. I wanted to please God. No, no, I, I had a desire then to not disappoint God. No, and it didn't, it wasn't from me. This wasn't from me. Well, you just got that because you said that prayer. No, I said the prayer and God saved my soul. And the Holy Spirit of God moved in and he gave me a desire to please God. To do what God would have me to do. To go where God would have me to go. To say what God would have me to say. I, I, I wanted, I had this desire that God gave me to please God. You say, well, I'm not sure about my salvation. Do you want to please God? Yes. Do you think that comes from you? That does not come from you. 
Come on, the Bible says that we have no desire for God. No, 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 that does not come from us. That has to come from God. And just because I was saved out of this wicked lifestyle and quit doing all these wicked things, well, you just have a great testimony. No, the very best testimony is that I, the very best testimony is that you never did any of the wickedness. You never smoked, never drank, never had it. That's the very best testimony that you're saved at a young age and didn't have to go through all of that. But, but the testimony that the greatest testimony is that I know whom I have believed. I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I called out to him and asked him to save my soul that day. And I know that he did because he put a desire in me to please him. And I'm telling you, if we have that desire and we want to please God, we want to be what God would have us to be. That does not come from us. That does not come from man. That comes from God. That is that assurance where, where the Spirit bears witness that the Spirit bears witness that we have trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Preacher, now you're making it way too simple. No, 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 no. God made it that simple. God did that. I'm thankful he did that. I'm thankful that we can know that we know that we have trusted Christ as our Savior, that we've been born again by the Spirit of God, that, 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 he, that he is our Savior. I'm so very thankful for that, <clears throat> that we can know that we have been saved. There's a lot of people that will not move forward in their Christian life because they have not settled it in their heart that they have trusted Jesus Christ for their salvation. But I'm telling you, friend, that is not, that is not a tough thing to do. No, no, no. I can, it, no, I know it can be a struggle. And I know the devil fights it. And I know he loves to put those fears in our heart that we have not been saved. But I'm telling you, if you can remember that time that you wanted to be saved, and you can remember that time that you got down and you called out to God and, and, and asked him to save your soul, I'm telling you, and from that time you had a desire to please God and because that you sinned after that it it caused grief in your life and it caused you to question am I really saved I'm telling you the grief comes from conviction and we can know that we're saved by the grace of God because God has placed a desire in us to do what he would have us to do somebody say amen right there it's absolutely the fact and we struggle with it too much. We have, to, we, have, we have to trust that God will do what he said. He paid the price on Calvary all those years ago with his only begotten son. The price has been paid by the precious blood of Christ. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When we do that with a pure heart, wanting God to save us, I promise you, he does save us. He is not a liar, and he saves us our soul and puts the desire in our heart to to please him to please him it's hard to go forward until you get that settled but it's so that's why it's so very important to have that settled david was sure of his salvation but he was also assured of safety need to move on verse 2 when the wicked even my enemies and my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh. They stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, 
In this will I be confident. He was assured of his safety. David wasn't fearful of his enemies. He faced Goliath without fear. Ran down to meet that dumb giant. And as a boy, he faced the bear and he faced the lion that were enemies of the sheep that he was tending. I mean, went after them. He was not fearful of the enemies because he had seen God work. He had seen God's safety before this time and he knew God would, would continue to protect him in any situation God was going to be there for him. David was resting in the promises of God for his safety. Psalm 91.10 says, There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Psalm 54.17 says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that, that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage, listen to me, It goes on. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Look, look, no, no, we need to believe that verse. If we're under the protection of God, then there is no weapon that can completely take us down. I believe that with all of my heart. No weapon formed against thee is going to prosper. Psalm 112, verse number 7 says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Look, every Christian has the same assurance of safety. Every Christian has the same assurance of safety. God is our Father. Proverbs 133 says, but whoso hearkeneth unto me, listen please, whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Then shalt thou walk in thy ways safely and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. I'm so thankful that we have the promises of God and we can stand upon the promises of God and we can be sure of the promises of God. uh, Proverbs 21, 31 says, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but the safety, uh, but, but safety is of the Lord. Look, Look, we don't we don't have to we don't have to be concerned um, about how we would handle things if we're dependent upon the Lord. Our safety is of God. It's of God. But here's a big difference between a lot of Christians and David. Look, verse number four it says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David adored God. He adored God. He loved God. He, he wanted to be close to God. He, 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 I mean, his love for the Lord... Um, it's even shown in 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 the in the Bible. Uh, the Bible says, uh, and 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 uh, in Acts thirteen twenty two, and said, "I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will." David craved after God. He craved after God. Psalm 42, 1, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after Thee, O God. David expressed his love for the Lord 
Over and over and over and over in the Psalms, he adored God. He loved God. You've heard me say it many a time. I'm telling you, the thing that keeps us close to God and the thing that will keep our children serving God is our love for God. Teach your kids to love the Lord with all their heart and mind and soul and strength. And you can only do that by loving the Lord the way that you should love the Lord. I mean, David expressed his love over and again. In Psalm 116, verse 1, it says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications, because he, because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me. The pains of hell got hold on me. I found trouble and sorrow. Listen to me. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. Boy, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Our love for God. Our love for God will cause us to call upon God. Our love for God will cause us to depend upon God. Our love for God will keep us close to God. And, and John, uh, Jesus said over in John chapter 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. So, so there's something that goes along with this. We have to have that love for God that would motivate us in keeping Christ's commands. And we do that because we love Him. No, no, no. We do that because we love Him. Not because it's just rules, not because it's just guidelines, but because we love Him. And, and it's really a good test to ask ourselves, do we love Him as we should? Are we willing to keep all of His commandments to put out effort to keep His commandments because we love Him? The Apostle Paul, he, he, uh, he continued in, 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 in his, his way um, uh, 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 of ministry knowing that it was going to bring death upon him. And he did that because he loved the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge if one died for all, then we're all dead. He loved the Lord, so he continued to follow the Lord, preach, preach the, the unsearchable riches of Christ, even though he knew that it was going to bring him to a certain death. A Christian that really loves uh, God and adores God will strive to live a godly life, strive to please God. We should be willing to do anything that would exalt the Lord. That should be our number one motivation uh, of our heart. Uh, 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 Charles Spurgeon said uh, that he wanted to love God in such a way that if he looked up in the sky and said, I love you, Lord, that God would look down and say, I know. Mercy. Mercy. To love Him. I mean, to adore Him. You know why we can't love the Lord the way that we should? I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. But in the, in the, in the time that we live in, one of, the, one of the reasons we can't love the Lord the way that we should is because we don't, we, don't, we don't give Him the time that we should. Too many other things are in the way all the time. That's why I've said over and over and over during this crisis, if I can call it that. That's why I've said over and over, take the extra time you have. Spend time with God. Seek His face. Stay in His Word. Learn how to pray until you pray. I, I am telling you, give Him that time. And if you give Him that time, it will cause you to love Him even that much more. He adored God. 
But he also talked about the adoration of God's house. I have desired. I have desired. One thing I have desired, and that means to earnestly desire. He earnestly desired to the point of nearly being out of control. He was saying, I love the house of God so much that I I just can't stay away from it. And hopefully that's what's building up in the heart of every church member, every, every member of Riverside Baptist Church. Preacher, I'm just not sure how much longer I can stay away from the house of God. And it should be that way. We should be looking forward to Sundays. We should be looking forward to Wednesdays. We should be looking forward to special meetings where we can be once again in the house of God that I may dwell and that when he says that I may dwell it speaks of abiding uh, it speaks of living permanently and in other words David wasn't in a hurry to leave the building after the service were over oh no 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 just because the last amen was said and because it was 12 o'clock it didn't necessarily mean that David uh, was 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 ready to go home he enjoyed being in the house of God oh how I miss being around the people of God oh how I miss being around God's people and singing songs in the group how I miss those things and when it talks about the house of the Lord when David spoke of the house of the Lord that word house there refers to setting up housekeeping it was like man if I could just live there (laughs) oh it's what he was saying here it's what he was saying here. It's so great because now we who are saved, we do live in the house of God. Now I'm talking about these bodies (laughs) that God came to dwell in when we trusted Christ as our Savior. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? He lives in us. Man, it would do us well to uh, remind ourselves of that on a regular basis. <laughs> I mean, he's right there. That well, doesn't mean that we forsake coming to the house of God. No, 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 no. But I mean, we can praise God right where we are. We're close to him. <laughs> uh, okay, let, let's move on. Look at verse number 6. It says, And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. So David was accustomed to sacrifices. And this verse is a very unique uh, undertone to it. Stay with me here. The enemy was hot on David's trail. We know that's the case here. And, and they, were, they were all around him. And yet he said, I will offer in his ta- tabernacle sacrifices of joy. Now that takes determination. Seemed like everything's crumbling around us. Seemed like the enemy is crowding in. And we're going to offer sacrifices of joy. You know, to be joyous when you're being pursued by the enemy, it's not an easy thing to do. You're going to have to get your joy from God. And here's a big problem with that in our Christian society today. In our Christian society today, we're not accustomed to sacrifice. And most really don't desire it. Most don't desire to sacrifice. No, 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 no. No, no, we want to live the good life. That's what we want. 
No, no, and, and, and we want the conveniences that we have. We want the electronics of the day. We, we want all those conveniences, and we want everything that money can buy. I mean, the bigger the better, the wonderful, bigger toys, more, more this, more that, and, and we'll serve God if it's convenient, if it fits into our schedule. I mean, we'll teach some, we'll tithe, I mean, you know, and we'll attend if it fits into our plans. And I, and, and I believe that's why the present-day crisis is tough on so many Americans. Uh, we, we've, we've lived a life of convenience for so many years. We've had it our way for so many years. We're not accustomed to sacrifice. And if, 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 if at all possible, we, we want to prevent it. We don't, we don't want to sacrifice like that. We, we want things to go the way that we want them to go, and we don't want it to go any other way. Not even God's way. We're not accustomed to sacrifice. And David better explains sacrifices over in Psalm 51, verse 16. For thou desirest not sacrifice, he tells God, else, thou, I, else, would I, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. A sacrifice of that type requires a broken spirit, a broken heart. Because see, God can direct a broken heart much better than He can direct a hard heart. Preacher, I'm not sure what, what you're talking about. Well, I, I've, I've, seen it, I've seen it in churches. I've seen people broken because of their own life and their life wasn't really lined up and they knew it wasn't what God wanted, and so they came to an altar, and they were broken, and they, they shed tears, and I just want to live my life for God, and I'll do whatever it takes to live my life for God. Okay, I've seen it in youth camps, too, where, man, the preaching hits the target. Boy, come down to an altar. They're broken as they can be. I just want to live my life for God. I surrender my life to God. I want to be a missionary. I want to be a preacher. I want to do this. No, no, their heart's broken because God's Word met the mark. They knew they weren't doing what God wanted them to do. And so they, had, they were broken because of it. And they were ready to do whatever God wanted them to do. But we have to be careful that we maintain a heart like that. Or before long, our heart is hardened over again. And pretty soon we're just doing whatever we want to do. We don't want to sacrifice. Well, if you're going to serve God, then you probably need to give up this and give up that. Well, I don't know about that. If I don't know about that, I'd have never come down. Oh, no, no, no. You didn't come down just because you desired to do something. You came down because God touched your heart and He broke your heart and He got you to a place that you were willing to surrender and willing to sacrifice. And what you have done is walked away from that sacrifice this determined you're going to do what you want to do instead of what God would have you to do. I'm telling you, a broken heart. God can direct a broken heart much easier than he can direct a hard heart. David was willing to sacrifice when the hard times came his way. We have to have a heart of sacrifice. And notice what his attitude led, led to. Look at verse number 8. We're doing good. Verse number 8, when thou saidest, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Well, okay, preacher, what did it lead to? It led to David's absolute submission 
He was ready to be completely submitted to God. Is that what you see there? Yeah. Well, preacher, how do you see that there? Well, here's how I see it. God spoke, and David obeyed. No, it's that simple. No, no, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. God spoke, David obeyed. That's one of the best expressions of total submission I've ever seen. No, he said, when thou saidest, David said, when thou saidest, seek my face. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Submission. Hopefully you're still with me here. Submission. Just in case you missed the message of this verse, let, let me explain what, it, what, it, what it's saying. What it is saying is that David obeyed without any questions. He obeyed without any questions. No, he didn't make excuses. He, he didn't pursue an alternate. No, no, no. When God said, seek my face, David sought his face. He determined that's what he was going to do. How come? Because God asked him to. God said, seek my face. Yes, Lord, I'll seek your face. That's exactly what I'm going to do. No, no, no. He didn't evaluate God's command. He didn't, seek for, he, didn't, he didn't look for some secret meaning to that, some hidden meaning to that. No, 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 no. When you and I evaluate that which God tells us to do, there's a tendency with you and I to find shortcuts or, or we find alternate methods of doing what God has said. Well, I'll, I'll do that, but I think I can do it this way. And, and, and yeah, I said that I was going to do that, but, but I, I really am going to do this first and then I'll get back to that. No, that's a dangerous place to be. I said that's a dangerous mindset to have. We're not to evaluate these things. No, no, no. Evaluating God's word. I mean, I mean, I mean, not taking God's word at its face value. It has messed up a lot of things. That's why there's the doctrine of baptismal regeneration. Someone tried to evaluate the command of God and they found a shortcut. Well, if I get baptized, then I'll be saved. No, no, no. They come up with that thing. And that's why there's so much confusion concerning spiritual gifts because someone evaluated God's plan. And that's why there's such a large number of broken homes. And that's why there's such a large number of children's lives being destroyed because someone evaluated God's plan. They just didn't take it at its face values. All the suicides, all the mental disorders, all the drug and alcohol addictions are because individuals would not submit to the absolute truths of God. Well, if we just take God at his word, if we would just trust him and act upon his word, and when God spoke to David, he immediately submitted to the will of God. Yes, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. Seek my face. Yes, Lord, I'm going to seek your face. That's what I'm going to do. You listen very closely to me tonight. The answer to most Christian dilemmas is for each one to come to a place of absolute submission to God. Cut all the strings. Break all the ties of those things that are unrelated to God's plan. Eliminate all the ifs. Eliminate all the buts. Much of Christianity stands right there on that edge today. You know, it would be a great thing, hallelujah. It'd be a great thing to know that someone knelt in their home tonight and submitted completely to God. I mean, some of you young people out there, you need to do that. God's dealing with you about serving Him and you're holding back on Him. And some of you older folks need to do it. 
it too. And if you would, your homes would be better, your marriages would be sweeter, your attitudes would be different. I'm telling you, we just need to listen to God and do what He asks us to do. God wants to, and He will direct our life if we'll submit to Him. No, get that, get that. It, write it down. God wants to, and He will direct our lives if we'll just submit to Him. If we'll just submit to Him. Where do you get that out, preacher? Isaiah 30, 21 says, In thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. God will direct our paths. God will show us the way. Jeremiah 42, 3 says, that the Lord thy God may show us the way wherein we may walk. Isaiah 42, 16 says, I will lead them in path that they have not known. God can show us the way. Preacher, I don't know what to do. Listen to God. Submit to God completely. He will direct your path. He will show you the way. Submit to Him completely. How much simpler could that be? It couldn't be any simpler than that. And the reason that most people, now listen to me please, the reason that most people are not fulfilling the perfect will of God for their life is because somewhere along the way they've not submitted to God completely. Part of their life is controlled by them instead of by God. Verse number 11. Come on, come on, we're doing good. Verse number 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path because of mine enemies. You know, everything that God wants you to know as a Christian will come from the Scriptures. You don't have to go outside of the, Christ, uh, outside of the Scriptures to know what God would have you to do. No, 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 no. And I'm not against books. I've got all kinds of books. And books can help us to understand the Word of God at, at times. And, and books can give us some enlightenment. I understand all that. But the Bible is always our final authority. I mean, we can even learn from experience. But, 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 but you have to be careful of that because it can be misleading at times if you listen to the wrong people. All teaching must line up with the Word of God. If it doesn't, then it's probably going to, well, it's not going to help you. If we try to mix other things with the Word of God, it, it taints the Word of God. No, 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 we don't need anything else. We have got the pure Word of God, and it will direct our paths. It will direct our paths. And even when hardships come, we have to go directly to the Word of God. David sought teaching from God during his, during his adversity, those times of trouble. You know, listen to me, please. The carnal Christian will seek relief from the medicine cabinet or some secular remedy. I, I mean, when the, when the going gets tough, you need to go to the Bible. When the way is dark, read the Psalms. When, when uncertainty surrounds you, seek God's way. David petitioned God to lead him in that plain path. I mean, he wanted a familiar path. There probably wouldn't be a time, there probably wouldn't be time to seek some new route. No, no, no. He needed a plain path that would lead him in the right way. You know, I like this path that the Lord Jesus gives us in Matthew chapter 11. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm telling you, if we'll just follow God. Our, no, no, no. Our life does not have to be a life of 
of confusion. Our life does not have to be a life of distress. Our life does not have to be a life of fear. No, we can come to God. He will guide us in the way. He will give us rest. All of our learning and all of our instruction, it must be God's way. Okay, notice the last thing. Look at verse number 14. It says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I I love the Psalms. and, And the Psalms of David are particularly sweet. And everything he was going through. And still he's writing this. And comes to the very end of it. As God has spoken to him. And given him direction. And he comes to the very end of it. And it's like, now let me give you just some very brief instruction. From God. Wait on the Lord. And be of good courage. Wait on the Lord. Uh, That's contrary to our flesh. No, waiting on the Lord. That's contrary to our flesh. The flesh says, we need answers now. We need to do something. You don't need to wait around. You need to just jump right in, start doing something, and then God's going to show you a way. No, sometimes we just need to wait on the Lord to make sure we have His direction, to make sure that uh, we're doing things His way. Oh, David gives a lot of examples of waiting on the Lord in his writing. Psalm 62, 5, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. Psalm 123 verse 2 says, So our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that He have mercy upon us. You know, waiting on God is probably the hardest thing for a Christian to do. Really, our secular society has taught us to act now. We, We need action. Just do something. We don't want to wait. Sometimes we don't want to wait because we might lose the advantage. But David says, wait on God. Wait on God. And he says this, be of good courage. Wait. Be courageous. And the whole thing is, is that David, he had learned both of these. I mean, it took him a while. But he had learned these. And maybe that's why he was a man after God's own heart. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. God. You know what's amazing when we truly do adhere to God's word and do it his way? What is amazing is what he can do right here. When he finally gives affirmation, confirmation of what we're praying about, and we know, oh, it's time. Now it's time to move. Now it's time to do something. Now it's time to do what God has asked me to do. Isn't it a wonderful thing that God can still speak to our heart and help us along the way? Isn't it a wonderful thing? Isn't it a wonderful thing that, that, that he can strengthen our heart? He can strengthen our heart. 
All those years ago, I, I, was, I was so concerned whether or not to come to St. Joseph, Missouri and be the pastor of this church. I mean, it was, I was, man, I'm praying and I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying and I'm praying. Pam's packing. I'm praying and praying and praying. My wife pretty much already has figured out what we're going to do. I'm praying and I'm waiting and I need a word from God. I was fearful. I didn't want to be someplace God didn't want me to be because I didn't want to hurt anybody. And when, when God gives that confirmation, when God gives direction, then our hearts strengthen. This is what I have to do. There's no fear then. Because we know we're doing what God would have us to do. And we know we can trust Him. Wait. Be of good courage. Then God will strengthen our heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalm 29.11, I'm done. Psalm 29.11 says, The Lord will give strength unto His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. Come on, get this, get this. I'm I'm, I'm done. Psalm 29.11, The Lord will give strength unto His people. The Lord will bless His people. His people with peace. See, we don't have to fear. God can give us a peace that passes all understanding. What am I supposed to do here? Wait on the Lord. When He gives you answers, you'll have peace. Move forward. Do what God wants you to do. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Listen to me, please. Don't, don't, don't quit before I do. The Lord will give you peace and then you can move forward. And whatever he wants you to do. No, no, no. But, but all the other stuff that I hollered about too. You know, that total submission. Loving God. It, it all works together to bring us to this place. It works together. We know God is our Father. We know He wants the best for us. We know that He'll guide us by His Word. We're going to do our best to love Him with all of our heart. Submit ourselves unto Him. Watch Him work in our life. Determine to do what He wants us to do. When He gives direction, there doesn't have to be any more You know, whatever fears that you might face, please remember this. Preacher, sometimes I just feel like I'm in a dark tunnel. 
I'm just going through this tunnel. I just feel like I'm in a dark tunnel. And I know the Lord's there at the end of the tunnel. Wait, stop, stop, stop. The Lord's not there at the end of the tunnel. He's right there beside you. Even in darkness. He's not waiting at the end of the tunnel. No, 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 no. He's beside us as we go through the tunnel. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We don't have anything to fear. Not when we're completely trusting in our wonderful, gracious, merciful, heavenly Father. He loves us more than we can understand. If we've trusted Him to save our soul, we should be able to trust Him to guide us through the rest of this life. He's there for us. Now, Heavenly Father, we are thankful for You. And we're thankful for Your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're thankful for the promises of God that we have as born-again believers. And we're thankful that we have no need to fear as long as we are trusting You and following You and submitted to You. It's a dangerous place to be outside of Your will. It's, it's, not a, it's not a good place when we start making our own um, choices, when we begin to, um, when we begin to uh, uh, replan our lives after we've already surrendered to something that you would have us to do. Lord, I don't know how you may have spoken to hearts tonight, but our prayer is that people would completely submit to you and what you have for them. Lord, that uh, your love for us um, would cast out all fear. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Lord, that we would be able to rest in you even during this time of the unknown, trusting that you know what is best for us as we follow Bless the next couple of minutes. I, I, pray folks would, I pray folks would take this opportunity as you have spoken to their heart to just kneel and trust. Just submit. Father, we just pray your will would be done and ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to have Brother Bronner play softly just for a moment. Maybe God's spoken to your heart. Take this time to turn aside. Let God have His way. Whatever it might be. Maybe just learning to trust Him all over again. Whatever it is, God's there for you. Take a moment. Let God have His way.